0: You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com.
1: Hey, I'm Molly Stewart, and you're listening to Holly Randall Unfiltered, sponsored by Twisties. Twisties is a leading glamour porn site for exclusively lesbian and girl-girl content. Since starting my journey with Twisties, I have shot some incredible scenes with some of the best girls, making some truly amazing fantasies come to life. For 18 years, they have featured the biggest names in the industry, recently rebranding to exclusively female content. Twisty stays focused on raising the bar of what modern porn looks like, while highlighting the up-and-coming talent of our generation. Their Treats of the Month and now Treat of the Year give viewers a taste of what their favorite girls are like under the wrapper. My journey since being their Treat of the Month in January of 2018 has been incredible, and I can't wait to see what they have in store for the future. To unwrap the hottest treats and mouthwatering scenes, visit twisties.com and find them on Twitter at Twisties and Instagram at twistiestreats. Hi,
2: I'm Holly Randall, and welcome to my podcast, Holly Randall Unfiltered. This is the show about sex, the adult industry, and the people in it. I'm a 21-year veteran of this fascinating little industry. So sit back and prepare yourself for a podcast, which is honest, raw, and unfiltered. Today's guest is Lena Moon. She is a trans performer and director. She's actually the first trans director for Evil Angel. She tells us about her latest movie, Tranimals. And we touch on a really interesting topic that I found fascinating to discuss, Lena tells us how she was in a really bad place before she got into the adult industry and how porn actually saved her life. She went from being homeless and an emotional mess to being independent, self-sufficient, and now a successful director. I really love to look at that angle of getting into the adult industry because you so often hear the opposite narrative. So let's welcome Lena Moon to Holly Randall Unfiltered. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Holly Randall Unfiltered. Before I introduce my guest, I want to give a quick shout out to my sponsors, Sakara. They are a plant-based food delivery service. And if you use code Holly at checkout, you will get 20% off your first order. That's Sakara spelled S-A-K-A-R-A dot com. Use code Holly for 20% off your first order. So today I have performer turned director, the beautiful, the very pink today, Lena. (laughs) Hi. Hi, Lena. How are you?
0: (laughs) Good to be here. I'm good.
2: You look amazing, by the way. I am a big fan oh, of your hair right now. I'm assuming is that is that a wig? Thanks.
0: Yeah, don't tell anybody. It's awesome. <laughs> I love it. I actually
2: yeah. like started to experiment with wigs in quarantine because yeah. I got kind of bored of my hair and it's just preparing it
0: me too. Yeah. Yeah, and I ordered a wig
2: that looked fucking ridiculous on me, so I sent it Aww. back.
0: But yeah, I'm it's always really jealous life. of people who
2: like great wig game.
0: You yeah. know, cause it, like, it's up online. You don't know where you to get, you know?
2: Yeah. I don't know. I just look, I think yeah. also too, I'm not as vibrant and, uh, creative and fashionable as you. So oh. I don't know. To me, it just looks like I'm trying <laughs> too hard to be something I'm not. Yeah.
0: But well, you I know, great on you. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it.
2: So, yeah. Lena, you are a trans performer and now the first director for evil angel. Is that right? Yep. It sure is. That is really really cool. And you just um, did one of what's your latest project that you shot for Evil Angel? Is
0: it Trans Animals? Is that what it was? Trans Animals. Trans Animals. Trans Animals. Yeah, it came out like July. I think Fourth of July actually. Um, yeah, it was really insane, <laughs> to say the least. Can you tell us
2: a little bit about it? Like what the scenes well, are? Who are in it? Who's in it?
0: Well directed by me, obviously. And I shot the same male talent for every scene. Sky, hella Sluts, or hell for sluts, I still can't pronounce it correctly.
2: That's um, a good name.
0: <laughs> and it's got, you know, my friends, Natalie, Mars, um, Ella Hollywood, Serena Valentina, and me. I'm in a scene too. And I have a speaking role in each scene. And uh, basically what, I don't know, the kind of thing that sticks out the most about the movie is how much went wrong. Which is what made it so right, kind of like all of this stuff basically happened, all this chaos, all this, you know, like just absolute chaos basically is what made the movie, you know. Um, I
2: know exactly what you mean. Sometimes the productions that you have the worst time on with the biggest problems end up being the best ones.
0: Yeah, I mean, tell you know, us
2: about like some of the
0: things that went wrong. Well, the biggest thing was the location, and like that's
2: always you know, the biggest problem is the location. Yeah, I feel movie- you on that.
0: The movie would never ever have been the same or even remotely as crazy and I think pretty awesome had this not happened, like I had a location booked. I had this idea in my head of what I wanted the movie about, um, and like, you know, kind of the setting. And I kind of got like a generic porn house or whatever in California. And like literally like a few days before, it just bailed. The like, location agent just was like, yeah, it's not available anymore. So there were like just a couple options left, and there was this place called Mark's Trailer Yard, and you know it's not like a trailer movie or anything. And that was kind of just like it was either that or some like real generic place that already shot a bunch of times. And I was just mm-hmm. like, Oh, whatever, let's go for the trailer yard, you know. It's just have to settle for it, you know. And it ended up being like a a farm with like stables and like. I mean like animals everywhere and it was absolutely just the perfect thing for this Uh movie because you know we're shooting you know milk enemas and like as the milk is you know being taken out it's there are goats in the background making noises and like horses like (laughs) neighing, and flies everywhere and like we're fucking on like feed bags and like you know, I had this girl, you know, anally hooked to a barn door and like, you know, with like this grotesque, like uh, plastic encased, like rusty hook looking thing. And it was just like that kind of stuff, like completely could not have happened had that location not just spilled out, you know. And I had a girl miss a test and I had another one fly out like last minute, like the day before I, I contacted her. And that seems up for most outrageous sex scene now. Wow. So, you know, just all sorts of crazy stuff happened that just made the movie what it is, you know, and it's like stuff I couldn't have thought of, you know?
2: Yeah. Can like, I ask you a question? So were you sure. planning on calling it Tranimals before you got that location or did that location give you the idea to call it that?
0: I actually had um, a different name for it and it wasn't really the location. Basically, like I had three running names for it and I was going to call it TS squirt safari and it was going to be more like some of this like safari hat you know what i mean and like it's gonna be like this uh kind of a different movie you know the location i booked was supposed to be more like you know i don't know kind of rich guy like a big game hunter kind of thing you know just mm-hmm. more of like a more luxury kind of thing and so i was gonna call it that and then i got the location and i had these three names and i actually asked asked sorry i actually asked my friend aiden riley you know the guy who directs it. El Angel. I gave him the three titles, and I was like, "Which, which is the strongest one? I can't pick." And immediately, he just picked animals, and I was like, "All right, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> sounds great." And so that's what it was.
2: That's funny that it kind of ended up being perfect for the environment that you were shooting in. And yeah, how did you style? Really sorry. How did you style everybody? I assume they were styled like kind of high fashion well like you are <laughs> i mean you didn't dress them as farmers right
0: well one thing i wanted to mention before i go into that is that the title trainables is actually also up for most clever title at AVN. so oh, that's like awesome. another one of those things that just <laughs> you know just came together so randomly you yeah know? yeah um but as far as the outfits go um i basically had this kind of like um they're like in hybrid like animal stripper outfits i guess you could say they're just kind of like there's like kind of a bondage thing going on, like a lot of leather straps and you know, the bunnies have bunny tailed butt plugs and like, you know, it's just like, I don't know. I had this like luxury thing, like I said, and it was gonna be the animals and I don't know. I just wanted them to look like sluts basically, you know, Mm -hmm. generic animal sluts. You know, I don't want them to be like full blown, like animal costumes. I'd be like too weird, like like on, you know, brand or anything for me, but I just kind of like, um, I am really careful with the wardrobe I pick. You know what I mean? I like kind of select like a few things from like here and there and like, just like kind of piece things together. Like the outfit I wore, I have pieces from London. Like the boots are from London. The hats from like somewhere in Hollywood. And like, I don't know. I'm just kind of like, I'm very into wardrobe. Like,
2: I, can, I can tell. You know, I mean, so much. Yeah. you're recording from your closet, but it's not just like a closet. It's this like a awesome, wardrobe. Like, wardrobe room. Yeah. Like, I can see yeah. everything behind you and that you've got a lot of stuff. And then obviously,
0: <laughs> from the way stuff. that you're There's dressed. Not, you're not even clearly, a fraction of it either. <laughs>
2: yeah, you clearly like have like a high fashion sense. So that yeah. must be really fun. I'm going to
0: just pick some crap out here before this interview. I was just like, will take this and I'll take this. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So, um, so your your directing gig is is how long you've been
0: directing for? It's like kind of fairly new, is that right? Well, I've been directing before Evil Angel. Basically, I started kind of just like you know doing con uh, content trade with girls from our, our you know pay sites, and mm-hmm. I just kind of started like you know bringing scripts to those. You know, normally we just show up with nothing, and we're just like, right, right. what do you want to do? let's do this random, let's show up at the door and you ordered a hooker or whatever, you know, something little generic. And I started like bringing scripts, you know what I mean? I started kind of getting really into like the writing of it and getting a little more involved with like the production Mm -hmm. and kind of just like graduated into like a, I don't know. I got really into it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, in a way I didn't really intend to. And I just, you know, it's kind of a long story, but you know, one morning I just, um, was thinking to myself, like, why are there no TS directors directing TS porn? It's like have, everybody else is doing it but us and mm-hmm. so I just kind of was like, like I know a bunch of people I'll just like you know get I don't know John Stagg's email and email him and say hey like take a look at my stuff, you know, what can I do to make it better and excuse me um he basically like mentored me for a year through my stuff and like you know I was just having like a little back and forth with him as I was improving my stuff. And eventually, you know, Aiden Riley again um, kind of was like vouching for me. I was putting up these like trailers and stuff and he was kind of like, you know, on Twitter kind of like, you know, cheerleading for me. And eventually, you know, he set up a meeting, all of us meet Aiden actually was going to be like, we're going to co-direct something, but then the logistics of it kind of didn't work out and um, we had a meeting all together and, you know, I actually had a totally different idea for my first movie that I never even went, ended up doing. Um, because it was just a little too themey. I want to do something a little more universal, which is when I ended up on Trans Nasty, which is my mm-hmm. first DVD, which one, um, the best DVD at the T Show. And, Amazing. Uh, yeah. And like it just, that's another thing that just kind of came together, you know, randomly. And I ended up. From the word Transnassi, starting a production company, transnazi Video, and I don't know, these things have just been kind of like falling in place, you know, as they come, and it's just I don't know, I'm kind of just like you know, following the path of it, you know. Mm-hmm. So, what do
2: you think? What do you think is more difficult, um, directing or performing?
0: I'd say directing, just because I have so many hats I have to wear you know mm-hmm. it, it's like i don't have 10 people to do everything i literally have to like you know write scripts book location do the paperwork hold the camera you know it's like literally pretty much everything but like you know the sound i guess you know mm-hmm. which i could do if i you know just did like a one person operation but performing is obviously a little more physically intense you know mm. um, but directing is just like so much to remember and like you know somebody like my crew it's like you know i take on like six seven eight different roles and it's a lot to remember you know and there's a lot of organizing before and you know booking location and then getting all these people coordinated and tested and it's it's, you know it's a lot of work it's very satisfying though when you're uh
2: through with it yeah no that's something that i try to explain to people who you know maybe work in mainstream but don't work in porn is that like when you're directing a porn movie you're not just the director you're also the producer you're also the line producer the accountant you're the cameraman you're the stylist you're the location scout all of those things like we we work with such a small crew and such smaller budgets that We have to do so many things um, to make the shoots come together, which is why, honestly, I feel like people who are successful at directing in porn are, I think, you know, some of the most talented people. Just because we have to wear so many hats, like you
0: said, yeah, and it really helps to have been a performer. Mm. It gives you really great, like, unique um, perspective Mm -hmm. on, like, you know, because sometimes things happen with the performers, and I kind of gotta, like, you know few times I've had, like, you know, kind of, like, you know, rub some people's backs you know, right? and tell we to be all right. Yeah. You know, I get it. I get the pacing of it, too, because of that. You know, it's, like, I don't want to be on set for 10 hours and then start sex, like, you know, after that, which i am like, exhausted by the time we're there. You know, it's, like, kind of, like, you know, have an idea for the pacing of it. and
2: mm-hmm.
0: You know, just that kind of stuff is very helpful, I think, for me. You know, I know.
2: Yeah. I think it goes both ways. I think performers make great directors because they understand what it's like to be in front of the camera. And then, um, directors make great performers because they understand what it's like to be behind the camera. So whenever I shoot somebody who's directed stuff, like they understand what I'm looking for when I tell them we have to cut a certain way, or I want to get this angle, or we need to do dialogue this way. Like they get it, you know? And I
0: just, it makes the day so much better. And I can hire myself for a scene, save myself a bunch of money. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Yeah, so it's pretty easy like that,
2: right? So speaking of, you are directing for Evil Angel. And I know that Evil Angel sometimes works differently in terms of how um, people produce movies for them. Most companies just give you a budget, you shoot it, and that company owns all rights. But I know that Evil Angel also gives the option for people to fund their own movies and then receive royalties and i understand is that how you did it with evil angel
0: yeah i wanted to own my own movies mm. um that was the main reason why i went in that direction with it like i just you know i wanted to be able i know when they're mine you know it's my baby like mm-hmm. I have a little more pride in it a little more i don't know there's just something you know it's just much more rewarding you have to like you know put up a bunch of money yourself at first but you know once you can get past that little foot in the door, it's, like, you know, so satisfying. and You know, it's, like, every little detail I account for when I'm editing and colorizing it and do the trailers. And, it's like, when I try to delegate those tasks to other people, like, it's not that they're bad at what they do. It's, like, they have 10 other things they have to do after it, you know? Mm-hmm. They can't sit there all day on a three-minute trailer, you know? So, it's, like, I just have more time, you know, to give it the attention. And, you know, I have an aesthetic I want to bring in my movies as well. And like, you know, that's part of the art for me and part of the satisfaction and it being a creative outlet. So it's like, you know, I like just having it be mine and have my name on it is just a totally different experience. I think than it would be if I had just kind of like, you know, gotten the money, did the job, hand the movie off, you know, it's like, and I can like put it, you know, somewhere someday if I want to, you know, so. <laughs>
2: yeah, there's a, you have more of a personal connection to it and you have more of a yeah. stake in it.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I pay with them, um, you know, with sex work. So it's like ethically consumer, ethically sourced porno, I guess you can call it, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Oh my God, so it's kind of it. neat like that, you know? yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well,
2: we are going to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, we are going to talk to Lena about how she got into porn because apparently that's a pretty crazy story. So make sure that you stay tuned for that. We'll be right back. Hello, listeners. Do you love this show? Are you thinking to yourself, man, it's so great that Holly gets all this free content for us to enjoy? I wonder if there's any way that I can support her and help her to create even better content. Well, you can. And I'm going to actually give you something in return for your support. By joining my Patreon at patreon.com slash Unfiltered. Not only will you be supporting this independent endeavor, which is my podcast, but you will also get all kinds of super cool perks that are available exclusively to members of my Patreon. That means that you will be able to watch my interviews live as they happen and therefore access them way before everybody else does. You will also be able to get signed prints for my guests. You'll be able to access exclusive bonus content such as My LA Porn Life, the podcast that I do with my production manager, Eva, as well as some exclusive interviews that I do on set with some of the biggest stars in the industry. There's so much at my Patreon for you to enjoy and I would absolutely love it if you would just go give it a peek, see if it might be worth... Couple bucks for you to support the show that you love so much. So go to patreon.com slash Holly Randall Unfiltered. That's P A T R E O N.com slash Holly Randall Unfiltered. All right, we are back. So, Lena, how did you get into porn? Actually, you know what? Let's start. Let's back up a little bit. What did
0: you do before you got into porn? A whole lot of nothing (laughs) and a whole lot of shitty jobs and a lot of drugs. (laughs) Um, A lot of just fucking off and kind of like, you know, trashing my body. I was kind of like a gypsy, you know, in and out of homelessness. just kind of, I don't know, very nihilistic, very cynical, still pretty cynical, but in a totally different way. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I worked at like the mall a bunch and like, you know, different food service jobs. And, you know, I worked at a, a head shop, you know, selling weed pipes and all that. And right. I think the job that I had right before porn, though, not right before, but the job, the last job I had before porn, because there was a big gap of me being like homeless and not doing shit i worked in an animal hospital which is actually the one job other than porn i found rewarding and mm-hmm. like you know something i was like not fired from too which is pretty much all the other ones <laughs> <laughs> not for lack of trying either i just don't function well this like i don't know kind of structures and stuff you know
2: mm-hmm.
0: i got into porn like totally randomly it just kind of fell in my lap you know um i was like you know Car homeless in New York, which is like you know a lot better than homeless homeless. Um, it's a very different experience, but still fucking sucks. And um, I kind of like you know the summer was ending, and I was like you know I can't do this winter here. You know I got to figure something out. So uh, a couple of friends of mine just happened to be taking a road trip to California, so I was like, bring me with you, and just leave me there when you go back. You know, just go mm-hmm. to Venice Beach and live out my years as a bum you know and at least i will be pretty warm for yeah it'd
2: be easier probably in california than in new york
0: yeah and that was my original plan so you know there was like a two-week gap between like you know when they were gonna leave and i was gonna go with them and we made the plan and like about a few days like three or four days before um their cousins and they got in a fight and then they were just like okay we're not doing the trip i was like so set on it i was just like well I have to get out of the cold so i have a big bag of pot <laughs> this is like gonna sound totally insane i've got this big bag of pot that i got from my ex-boyfriend's father who got electrocuted in the navy so he had a greenhouse where he grew pot mm-hmm. and when my wait what
2: did him being electrocuted in the navy have to do with him
0: he was having eating weed food for the pain i guess oh, okay gotcha, um, I gotcha yeah. okay okay
2: so you and, needed it for medical reasons. Okay. Yes.
0: And I lived with him before I went like car homeless.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And if you wanted to just go back a little bit to an even more outrageous part of the story, um, my boyfriend at the time, basically, I was so strung out and like psychedelics. Basically, he brought me to his father's house in the middle of nowhere because I was living with him, apparently driving him up the wall. Mm hmm. I did not know that apparently. And he said, you know, we went there, he dropped me off. He said, I'll be back in like a few hours. Never came back. <laughs> so I'm living with this guy's like cookie father in the middle of nowhere, you know? <laughs> um, and I've got, you know, you know, I was just there eating like pickles and beer basically and mushrooms for like weeks. And fast forward, it's sort of an irrelevant topic, just kind of a funny tidbit. Fast forward to when I, the trip got canceled. I've got this big bag of pot because his father gave me big bags of pot. You know what I mean? Um, and it was untrimmed, you know, it's like um, clippings or whatever. Cause I guess when you cook it, you don't need like to trim it. It's just kind of like, you know, kind of right off the stalk or something. Mm-hmm. So the car I was living in actually had no brakes and I just um like, couldn't really go anywhere with it, but I wanted to go across the country to move. And mm-hmm. now in this short period between me taking this bag of pot and bringing it to this mechanic I knew in town. I met up with my friend Casey who had just come back from LA and Casey is, uh, oops. Yeah, here we go. Casey, um, came back from LA. I said, Hey, what's up? She's actually, um, her boyfriend's one who did all my feather tattoos and my cat tattoo. She's we're talking and she mentions like, I met all these porn people out in LA and I was like just a light bulb went off in my head. Um, and i was just like, let me get like a name or an email or a number. Like, what's up? Like, let me get something, you know? And so I got this guy's email and I emailed him and then he gave me Groovy's email, Stephen Groovy. And so we emailed him and I did a little audition tape in my friend's kitchen, you know, while he was at work, you know, I took some pictures and, stuff like that. And I sent it to him and he was just like, yeah, we'll shoot two scenes for you. Come to Vegas. And I was just like, all right, whatever. <laughs> I'll go to Vegas instead. Like, screw it. So I took this bag of pot and like a little bit of money I had and i went to this mechanic. And I told him, cause I know brakes in my car. I said, I need a car. It's just going to get me across the country. I don't give a fuck brakes I someone to get there. I don't care how ugly it is. I don't care what it is. Just I need something. And two days pass. And he also asked me if there is a preference, you know, like, what is it? And I was driving this black Nissan Pathfinder at the time. So I was kind of like, I don't know. I want to go to the black SUV, preferably, whatever. So two days pass and he calls me. And he's got this uh, black Subaru Forester 02. Hmm. And, you know, it's not the prettiest car in the world. Had no air conditioning. You know, it's like end of August. So it's like, you know, pretty hot. No title, no registration, no nothing. I gave this guy a big bag of pot and some money and he gave me the keys to the Subaru. I basically could fit my entire belongings in a purse about this big, this tall. Um, it was a fry bag. And I just took my crap and just basically put Vegas in my GPS and just started driving there. <laughs> and, you know, I had a little bit of dough left, so I stayed, you know, I think it's Cleveland and Missouri and New Mexico for sure. Flagstaff I stayed and then you know I got to Vegas before I left I'd actually arrange a um, room which ended up being with a bunch of wacky Satanists fun-loving Satanists they weren't like you know dark and brooding or anything and I basically drove to their address in Vegas shot my little scenes you know and you know you get a Twitter the day you start porn basically if you don't have one and that's the director said he was like radius dark reviews like you need twitter and i was like all right never had one got one you know and from there you know it just snowballs you know your scene comes out and then people see it and then different companies see if they want to hire you and then they put it out on twitter again and you know it's like that's where it started i guess you know but i actually really didn't do that much for the first two years because i ended up getting a really bad back problem i had a herniated disc that literally had me on my back for like months and months um yeah, long road, but about 2018 is when I actually started, you know, it picking up and getting consistent work, and I won a couple awards that year, and you know, that was kind of like when it really started for me. You yeah. know,
2: wow, so you really like came out. <laughs> you took a chance. I'm born. You came out with nothing.
0: Yeah, basically, and um, and,
2: you know, and, a and here you are now directing for Evil Angel. So what was, tell me a little bit, of, can you tell me a little bit about your first porn scene? What was it like? Were you nervous? Who were you working with? How did you feel like you were treated on set?
0: I like thought I'd be nervous. I was like, you know, okay, I'm going to like get naked, take my dick out and have sex. And when I got there, you know, I drove with Radius, it's like the uh, groovy Vegas guy. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, he was like, we're shooting in LA with this guy, Rick Montana. We're going to go to his house. And we're gonna drive there, shoot it, and we're gonna drive back. Which, excuse me, when we got back from that night. All in like, one I mean, day. I'm, yeah, he's when we got back from that night, he was like, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> yeah, that's but a four-hour drive each way. Each way, yeah. So, but the scene itself and the eight you hours know, just in the car. Yeah, probably more like nine and a half too. you know, like traffic and yeah. gas and all that crap. But my first scene, I thought I was gonna be nervous, you know. And then I get to the point where I you know the camera's about to start and I'm just like this person has seen this like so many times and so is this person and that was really all I needed to just be like you know fuck it <laughs> not nervous you know And I don't you know went off without a hitch I guess you could say you know Um, it was a good time and I felt satisfied I couldn't believe how much money like I, I never made that much working busting my ass in a full week you know even mm-hmm. half that so it was just like completely insane experience for me to be holding that kind of money after not working like, you know, mm-hmm. fucking 50 hours in a silk screening factory or something mm-hmm. gross like that, you know? And So it was, it was great. You know, mm-hmm.
2: I think I like your it. experience really illustrates how incredibly positive sex work can be for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people have this misconception, you know, they say like, go get a real job, you know, oh, and
0: goodness, work is terrible <laughs> for you. But,
2: I mean, oh, here, goodness. here you are somebody who, worked a bunch of odd jobs that, you know, you didn't stick with, you were living in your car, you were homeless, you were really struggling. And then you come out here, and you get into porn. And now you're a successful performer, you're directing, you're producing your own movies. Um, You know, you've cultivated your own brand. So I feel like, you know, you're a great example of how sex work really can help people, you know, get their own independence, like get their shit together. You also, because I mentioned you mentioned earlier, um, I think about like how you weren't good with the structure of like a nine to five job. Do you find that working in porn is helpful because it's kind of like not that nine to five structure?
0: Yeah. I mean, I find the freedom of being kind of like your own boss and like, you know, TS were our own manager, you know, historically. It's always been, I think people are starting to break into the agency stuff a little bit um but yeah i think just like you know being somebody who like has always been a starving artist i finally found something creative i could do that i made money doing and like that to me is like the ultimate combination that i've been missing you know my entire life and i mean it sounds so cliche but it frankly saved my life you know because i was going down a really dark path you know what i mean and i literally had just given up hope i gave up and i was just gonna go be a bum i was like that was it. You know, I really had given up and I didn't care about my body. You know, I was beating myself up, you know, getting a lot of like pretty uh, unsavory situations, you know, when I was homeless and just not giving a shit, you know, and um, just having something that made me care about my own body and my health and putting money in my pocket, you know, taught me how to handle money. I never even had a bank account until like, I mean, I had one like, prior and like my old when i had older jobs and stuff but like mm-hmm. there was a huge period of time where i just didn't have a bank account you know um between like the animal hospital and the porno and you know, i couldn't even barely get one when i got out there because i didn't know my social security number I was, it was a whole mess you know this whole big bureaucratic mess i was dealing with and but i learned how to you know deal with my credit you know i learned how to manage money and i got a bunch of bank accounts now, and i just learned how to kind of be an adult you know it grew me up. In many ways, and yeah, it's like when I see hear people say get a real job, I'm like, I mean, you kind of let it like kind of slide off your shoulder a little bit because you know they are just uh, don't know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. But it's also like I've never felt more like adulting than I have, having been in porn and like learning all this stuff, taxes and all this crap. Like, you know, it's like I would never have ever even touched any of that stuff had I not, you know broken into something that like really worked for me you know it's kind of like yeah kind of
2: thing. and i think also too you know g- touching back on what we talked about earlier about you directing now and having to wear so many hats and soon to so many different things i mean you become like this multitasker now and look at all these yeah. other skills that you've been forced to pick up so yes. that you can create the product that you really want to make
0: yeah my time management has definitely gotten like all oh, worlds better like i used to like be a little late, you know, at first to shoots and like, you know, the guy who shot most of my scenes for uh, my paid site basically like one day just gave me what for, you know, gave me a good finger wagon. And from that day forth, I was like so kind of obsessed with being punctual and, you know, managing my time right. And, you know, I learned like about respecting other people's time. You know what I mean? Mm. You don't want to show up like super late. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, you might not care, but. People have stuff to do and other scenes to shoot, and you know it's not fashionably late. You're just being a douche. <laughs> God, that you know? is so
2: true. I th- I wish that like a lot of performers would really take that to heart because yeah, and You you being a director now, you understand because you know a yeah, lot of these locations totally. we pay by the hour. So when you're yeah. an hour late, you've cost yeah. me money.
0: And if you got scenes after that, you know, yeah you might not make it because the sun goes down and you might need that sun, you know, so yes, it's like just, sun. <laughs> I, have, I get a lot of replacement work because I'm like, kind of like, are you there in 25 minutes? I'll be there. Like the yeah. whole COVID thing. I'm not always tested you now. So, right. You know, I gotta be like right before, but I've started like get a reputation for, you know, reliability, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not trying to like gas myself up or anything. I'm just kind of like, you know, I used to be a total putz and like, you know, just whatever. You know, I didn't really care about really anything. I finally like you know have a passion. I care about it. So it's you know made me yep. like you
2: know. Those are the greatest vacation. stories, though the stories about yeah. growth and the stories about sure. people who change and yeah. people who really you know. You're a wonderful example of how you can really change your life circumstances. You can go from being a bum who had no ambitions. To a successful director, producer, performer.
0: Like, you're your own boss. I got very lucky, though, too. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, it just fell in my lap, basically. You know, it's like, it wasn't on the radar before, you know, and I might not have, you know, before you even talked to anybody from porn, it seems like this kind of like, um, very like uh, foreign, kind of distant, like, on, it's just very like, you don't just to know people in porn. It's kind of an unusual thing at first because it's just like this very, like, uh, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. You know, it's like, Oh, it's like a foreign concept. Yeah. You have on. all these conceptions about it yeah. and like all these things you heard about this and that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's actually like start talking to people in it. It's like kind of like an unusual experience because it's just this like, kind of like, um, it's almost like a fiction. You know what I mean? Um, and it's just like, you know, I, it seems so distant. It would never even occur to me, like, you can like go online and email people and do porn. Like, you mm-hmm. know, it's like, it just never would have occurred to me. You know what I mean? And I just happened to be somewhere where, you know, my friend showed up that one day and, you know, the light bulb just went off and I got really lucky, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: All right, guys, we're going to take a quick commercial break and we will be right back. Holly Randall Unfiltered is brought to you by Vuli. You know, we talk a lot about technology platforms that actually benefit the performers. And Vuli is a new way to pay for your porn and feel really good about it. It's a streaming platform where you can buy individual scenes from big studios, such as Evil Angel, Porn Pros, Adult Empire, and yours truly. Yes, Holly Randall scenes can be bought a la carte at Wooly.com. The best part is the CEO, Paige Jennings, refer back to my past podcast interview with her for more info, is determined to create a platform that gives performers residuals, even if the studios they shoot for don't. So, with every purchase, you are supporting the performers in that scene. Amazing, right? I truly believe in this platform and I really want you to try it. So for my listeners, Paige is giving you 30% off with code Holly. So go to Vuli.com, that's V-U-L-I, and use code Holly for 30% off your purchase. Pay for your porn, support your favorite performers, and access high quality scenes from your favorite studios at Vuli.com. All right everybody, we are back. So, Lena, um can you tell us a little bit for people who maybe aren't as well educated in this area? What are some of the most common misconceptions that uh you find people have about what it means to be transgender?
0: Um I find people think like I spend a lot of they think that I'm spending a lot of time thinking about being trans and like I don't know, doing whatever you call trans stuff. Um, and really, I just kind of like live my life like any other girl, basically, except, you know, I have a dick, you know, so when that, you know, enters the arena, it's kind of like I have to do some different things, but you know, I don't really spend, I don't really like do anything that different. You know what I mean? It's definitely a privilege. You know what I mean? I don't really have to do anything that different. Like, um, you know, it's like, I guess I feel like I'm transitioned for many years now. So it's like, once you've finished it, it's kind of like, you know, yeah, I want to get like a little thing done here, there, but you know, uh, vagina women or whatever you want to call them do the same things. And I don't know. I just like, they kind of see us as a monolith. You know what I mean? Like that we all share the same opinions on things and we all march in lockstep. And I'm just like, I kind of like really just like, you know, just i'm living my life not really like you know thinking too much about it and i suppose it's a privilege you know what i mean um i guess maybe if for some of the reason like i had to think about these things because they were more pressing matters in my life regarding them maybe i would be a little different but i know a lot of them think we're just sad angry like you know uh, uh, fragile delicate you know people but i'm just like you know whatever um I guess I'm kind of like, you know, hardened over the years from, you know, dealing with the same bullshit everyone else deals with, but I just, I don't know. I wish, like, I don't always want to like have to introduce myself as like, my name is Lena and I am trans or that's Mm -hmm. not like, you know, at the top of my, you know, like, if I were to write like a paragraph of myself, like, I mean, as opposed somewhere in there, I would put it, but it's like, I don't really define myself around it, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people think, that we do, or that I do, or people like me do, or I don't know, just, I don't know. They see what they see on the internet and on TV, you know, they see the extremes, the noisy rabble, and the crazy, you know, sensationalist videos. And, you know, there are people just like, kind of like me and other girls just kind of like sitting around, like, you know, just trying to make a living and doing whatever, you know, it's like there's kind of like, you know, a very basic to my life that I think people would
2: underestimate, you know? Yeah. I hear you. You're like, you don't want to be defined as that being your, your ultimate defining characteristic basically is that you're trans, like you're, you're Lena moon and you're a director and you're and, you're so many other things besides just being trans. But I think, you know, probably we're in this transitional place in our society where you guys are getting more visibility and people who before, you know, never really thought about it are now being faced with people advocating for trans rights. So I would imagine that everybody that you speak to always wants to ask you that question and I can see how you would get sick of it.
0: Yeah. It's like, you know, I get sick of it and, you know, it kind of ties into like, you know, the movies I make because it's like, you know, I'm the first trans director for evil angel. I didn't want to just like, you know, ride the coattails of that. And just, you know, I wanted to actually do a movie that was different and bring something new to the table and like, you know, let the trans director thing kind of be a side note rather than like, you know, the centerpiece of it. You know, I actually did want to like do something creative and different, and, like, you know, uh, push boundaries and, you know, just like make a my movie, you know, not just like, be like, Hey, just because I'm the first trans director, this movie's awesome. I know, I think a lot of people, maybe I'm just, you know, being hard on myself. I think a lot of people just don't even watch it. And they just like see the trailer and they're like, Your movie was awesome. I'm like, Did you even watch it? Because <laughs> <laughs> the people who did watch it actually come up to me and they say, I watched your movie. Like Brie Mills came up to me a couple of words shows ago and was like, You know, I watched your movie. It was really great. And I was like, That like meant so much to me. Somebody mm-hmm. just like her watched the movie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, and that's, you know, I, want to express myself i guess want to get a little artsy fartsy for a second and um not just be like you know hey i may my shit's awesome because of it like give me a fucking award you know Mm -hmm. whatever so
2: do you wish that there maybe wasn't like separate categories for trans movies you know and like straight movies like do you wish that there it was just kind of i
0: don't really i think kind of like where we are right now, it's kind of perfect, you know? Like, basically, yeah. you know, we've got TS categories, because it's a very specific kind of movie, you know, a very specific cool performers, yeah. like, directors, it's, it's own little industry, but it's also really cool for, like, someone like me, you know, I've got um that scene in Animals, it's in it's nominated for Most Outrageous Sex Scene, along with all these other mainstream porn movies, you know what I mean? There aren't TS mm. movies, and the clever title thing, uh, the mm-hmm. nominations also amongst those, and I think, like you know, occasionally having them kind of jump in there is kind of like not such a bad thing, you know?
2: Yeah. So you're saying like you're already crossing lines, getting um, nominated in category that maybe historically were typically just straight categories.
0: Well, you know, I don't even like calling it straight porn because that indicates that trans is somehow not, you know, women on men. Um, and Mm -hmm. I think the new frontier for trans porn actually is a very heteronormative kind of dynamic you know what I mean it's Mm. a lot less like you know back in the day I've seen these old magazines it's all about forced femme uh, like cross dressers and cock rings and all this other stuff the new audience is like looking for something like you know a little more heteronormative whatever you want to define that as it's like you know I don't think we need to like you know be in like it doesn't have to I mean if I were to think like theoretically way in way in the future and maybe it does all mix together and becomes one thing yeah it doesn't really you know whatever um but for now i'm just kind of like we're this little community and like you know we've got our directors and performers and you know i feel like a lot of times the awards people don't even give a fuck about you know in abn next biz like, like nominating people who haven't even shot a porn in like you know four years and like you know and just like completely just like eh, whatever whatever was on there last year just throw a bunch of that shit on there and kind of get some new names in there and i don't know just throw a dart at it and you know whatever it's like i feel like that we get kind of lost amongst that you know what i mean which is why it's right. important we have our own award show but i do right. think it's really cool to be like amongst like these really kind of heavy hitters, you know, these really great, amazing artists. Like it's like an honor. And it's like, to me, it's just like special. I don't know how to mm-hmm. describe it. It just feels good to be like, you know, amongst like just porn, like, you know, not mm-hmm. in any category. You know, it's like, I don't know. I think it's pretty cool. <laughs> Who
2: do you um, admire? Who are some of the people that you admire most in the adult industry?
0: Um, I really admire Jim Powers. I just admire his ability to shoot seven days a week, all day, every day, I write scripts. Like, yeah, I have so much fun on sets. I learned so much there. He is always open to teaching me about all sorts of things. And I just find him, uh, his dynamic on set to be, you know, something worth modeling, just, you know, fuck it kind of thing. So I don't have to be so serious all the time. You know, it's like, I feel like laughter and sex are very, like, something in the same part of your brain goes off and so i really admire him with his work ethic and you know just all that and i mean i have a few people i look up to you know like uh i don't know' really, really, like say look up to i mean i look up to well someone like joey silvera like his craft is perfected you know um he has everything down to like a very specific formula and it's like when you can see it's foreign you know it is his you know and Mm-hmm. he's also somebody who's like taught me a lot about gear and he's like hoping to talk to you about stuff and you know it's like i've kind of like thought to myself like i want to have something that when you see it you know it's lena moon or trans nasty video i really like that and also john Stag, of course you know he's taught me a lot about the industry a lot about the philosophy of it and shooting and like some of the little things you would never even think about on set you know he's like you know, it's such a privilege to be able to learn from these, like, absolute, like, masters of the craft, you know, like, just, like just hit them up and be like, hey, text any of them and ask a question. They're there. It's like, you know, those people who have been around for a long time and are doing it right and efficiently, and you know, I'm, like, not only fascinated by them, but it's also, like, something worth kind of, like, modeling my own career after, you know? Yeah. And I really love Brie Mills' style of everything i just am so like fascinated by the way she just is there and knows exactly what she wants in the most perfectly like enunciated and stated way and just like to me that's like i want to be like that i don't want to be fumbling and mumbling like she just eloquently states exactly what it is we're doing and knows it off the top of her head and just like those kinds of things i'm like impressed it's all hell. But it's also like you know, I want to be like that, you know. Yeah. Um, I want to bring that years. Kind of piece to it, you know.
2: Yeah, that's years of experience. Yeah, yeah, it's in um, your just that DNA that at
0: this confidence. point. So it's like, yeah, and that's you know, it's, it's cool, you know, something worth uh, like modeling my own method and process after, you know. Yeah, it's great.
2: <laughs> yeah, you'll get. Yeah, you'll get there. You just, you just got to keep. Keep doing what you're doing, yep.
0: and I've and, learned a and, lot so far. You know, okay, ten I'll years from now,
2: <laughs> ten years from now, somebody's going to be saying, "Oh my God!" Uh, you know, Lena Moon knows exactly what she wants when she wants <laughs> it.
0: Yeah, <She laughs>
2: knows you know, gives the orders, and it turns out perfect. So yeah, um, yeah it's well, just. That's just an <laughs> sure. Any big uh, plans for um, next year, providing that uh, maybe the world will return to a normal state?
0: <laughs> well. <laughs> normal or not normal. I'm gonna do my very best to start shooting my next movie in January. i already started booking dates so.
2: awesome. Can yeah. you maybe give us a little
0: teaser about what the movie I'll just tell you out, I'm shooting Traimals too. Oh you're shooting Traimals I've too. been uh, beckoned by the powers that be to shoot Traimals too and I wasn't playing on it but I'm doing it I guess so <laughs> I don't really know how I'm gonna like create lightning in a bottle like I did with the last one with all the you know, the serendipity, but I'll certainly try.
2: <laughs> yeah, all we can do is our best. But some movies, they just come together and uh, yeah, yeah, you we don't just, really know why.
0: I might just let some throw some shit against the wall and see if it sticks. Maybe that's my yeah. method, you know? Yeah. <laughs>
2: Sometimes that works. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you so much for coming on. It was such a
2: pleasure to get to know you. Can you let sure. everybody know uh, where they can find you online?
0: Well, all of my social media and my OnlyFans is at Lena Moon X O L E N A M O O N X O. All the same ones. And yeah, evilangel.com is where you can see my movies. Just type in uh my name. Um or Tranmables or Transnasty. They're both, I think, pretty good movies. They were stupid hard on them. <laughs> so really appreciate if you watch them. And yeah, that's pretty much it.
2: Fantastic. And you guys can find me at Holly Randall on Instagram and on Twitter. Don't forget to go to patreon.com to support this podcast and access exclusive content. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and I will see you next time. Thank you so much for listening. If you love my show and want to support it, I ask that you take the time to rate and review my podcast. Now, if you're not sure how to do that, you can go to ratethispodcast.com HRU things such as early releases and live recordings of my interviews, merchandise such as stickers, mugs, and hoodies, autographed copies of my photography books, free access to my private Snapchat and not safe for work website, hollyrandall.com, and my bonus podcast, My LA Porn Life. Also, join my Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash hollyrandallunfiltered, and you can watch the video versions of these interviews at youtube.com Slash Holly Randall Unfiltered. Oh, and of course, sign up for my newsletter at hollyrandallunfiltered.com and get all the info on upcoming guests and special projects. Again, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for supporting my podcast in whatever way that you can.